Okay, so we've already done the thing where I've immediately started the conversation without hitting the record button. So uh, what I was saying is I cannot believe that we um, didn't think to just get this on the books the last time you joined us on the show, Emma, because the co- I remember so many costumes from this movie vividly, and I didn't really realize it until we rewatched it. Like, I remember her going down the fireman's pole. I remember the black dress. I remember... I remember the the skirt that called in sick to work. I obviously remember running through the streets in the underwear and the cardigan. That's like iconic Christmas sweater and tarts and vicars. All of that stuff. I remember it so clearly. And I, I don't know why it didn't occur to me that obviously this is a thing we should do. So thank you for taking the time. No, thank and you. And also oh, sorry. for not saying, no, you're fine, for not saying, um, don't you want to talk about Bridget Jones <laughs> when we were talking about Pride and Prejudice? So thank you. Thank you for being here. No, Yay. thank you. Thank you for asking me again. Um, it's it's weird because I kind of, this is such an iconic British movie, but I sometimes forget it exists, even though it's like, <laughs> especially in terms of like the rom-com world and like Renée Zellweger and all the like chat around her weight and the fact that they cast an American, which I actually forgot until I was doing research how much of an issue that was at the time. Like the horror. <laughs> it's like America can take the Brits, but like, no, no, not the other way. Not yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Don't do yeah. it. Although, you know what, David Tennant really, sh- he should just give up on that American accent at this point. Agreed. Like, Is it bad? <laughs> oh, Julie, like legendarily bad. Oh. Yeah. Um, oh. It's, he, if you want, this is a bad show, so I do not recommend it. But if you want a little giggle, and you know, I mean, he can still get it. You know how I feel about David Tennant. But um, if you watch just a little bit of the HBO series Camping, which is David Tennant and Jennifer Garner, who should be great together, and they are, except for that A, the show is bad, and B, he sounds like, you know when... You know when someone is trying to sound like they're from the Midwest? Yes. At like a dig, <laughs> but it's inaccurate? Flat. That mm-hmm. is how David Tennant said, like, oh my gosh! Like oh, that. It's no. just really, really bad. It's really, <laughs> it's like. He went like full Paul Blart mall cop. Yeah. That full mom on that 70s show. Oh. <laughs> like that. Like he really. He just likes to be tall. He <laughs> Uh, welcome to Saustin Austin, a Podlander <laughs> Drunkcast podcast. I'm Allison. I'm Julie. That uh, is Janine. Hi. And we are joined once again, as you've already heard, uh, by friend of the show and costumery expert, Emma Fraser. Thank you, Emma, again for being here. My pleasure. Uh, we are talking about the costumes in the seminal classic, Bridget Jones's Diary, which I'm extremely excited about. Uh, we're also apparently talking about David Tennant's shitty American accent. I'm really sorry, David. Don't worry. You can still get it. Um, hopefully that won't come up when we end up in the elevator together. Um Let's since we're on the subject of accents, I want to start there because it's not about costumes, but I just have to ask. It's uh, kind of is, a costume. It's sort. It's a. It's a costume for the voice. Mm-hmm. Um, is Renee Zellweger's accent as good as Americans think it is? I would say yeah. When we were watching it on Friday night, I was like, her accent is actually really good. Like, and it, it's actually impressive that she's kind of she's not doing the like 
RP, like, fully, like, posh accent. Um, yeah, no, I was impressed. Uh, renewed impressed uh, by her. So, so oh, people good. shouldn't have been mad by the casting because she could actually do it. So, Well, maybe maybe it's because they didn't know in advance. But also, I think Renee Zellweger tends to get an outside... This is not a new thought. Like, this is not a hot take. Many people have said this before. But she tends to get an outsize amount of hate um, proportionate to, like her level of fame and accomplishment and ability. Um, Because, man, people, at least over here, people were pissed when she got cast in Chicago, too. And I'm a fan. People were mad mad about about Judy, and she's great in that. Like, leave Renee alone. (laughs) I haven't seen Judy, but at least for Bridget Jones and Chicago, I can say that I think maybe what Bridget, uh, sorry, what Renee Zellweger loves most in this world is to get cast in a part that'll piss people off and then come in and be like, (laughs) <laughs> and destroy it and be so good at it that now she's like in my mind when I think Bridget Jones I see Renee Zellweger she did that I think Renee Zellweger so much that when I was rereading the book this week for an episode a bonus episode we recorded yesterday um I was like well I've got chores to do around the house maybe I'll see if there's an audiobook recording and there were like seven but none of them were Renee Zellweger so no. I just didn't get it <laughs> like I was like nope I'm sure some of these people are great but I just I just can't. <laughs> it doesn't stop me from listening to other people do Pride and Prejudice because it's not Jennifer Ely, but I just, I just couldn't. Um, related question, Emma. Are there other particularly good Americans doing British accents? Oh, wow. I can or is think- it always just the reverse? Um, I'm actually trying to think now. I think it is mostly the reverse. But then we also, I think, do some wonky accents time to time. Um, I think I think people like Benedict Cumberbatch spring to mind who are trying to do a Hugh Laurie doing an American accent. And it's always a little like, no, that doesn't quite work. Whereas you get someone like a Matthew Reese who like is excellent. But then I think weirdly when you mentioned David Tennant, normally Scottish people and Welsh and Irish are actually quite good at the accent thing, but there are some outliers. Ewan McGregor is another one. Not great at an American accent. He's not. I think it almost works to his advantage in Birds of Prey though, because it's so effective. Yeah. Yes. It makes him so weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about, uh, I'm not much of a Buffy watcher, but Spike, I'm told that. He, like, oh yes. He, yeah, I didn't realize he was American when um, I listened to him, but I'm also a really bad accent listener. Yeah, no, he was good. And also David Anders, I would say. Um, yes, I was Alias. just thinking from Alias. Oh, oh my yeah. God. When I found out he wasn't British, I was shocked. Yeah, no, me too. Oh, <laughs> then that makes me think of the actor who played Bubbles in The Wire because he's British. No, yeah. he's not. Yes, he is. He's and from Idris- Chicago. No, no, no. Bubbles is British. I promise. Because when Neil and I looked it up, we were astounded. <laughs> what? No, he's from Chicago. I had a conversation with him once. Lester, what is Free- his name? Lester Freeman is English. The guy who plays Lester Freeman. Oh, maybe I really thought it was Bubbles. I really thought it was the insane person, the the one that goes crazy out on are the street. Are you th- are you thinking? I mean, you know who Idris Elba is, so you're not. Yes, thinking no, of I'm not Elba, thinking right? of Idris Elba, but no, he also I am thinking about Idris Elba he right also now. is very good at American <laughs> accent. He is. That's a really yeah. good. That's a really good American accent. And actually, um, one other one, Maggie Gyllenhaal, great in Nanny McPhee too. Her mm. her English accent is, but she said she kind of just modeled it on Emma Thompson. So I guess <laughs> that's like a great person. To, I haven't. Seen Nanny McPhee too? That fun. No, I, like so, I love the first one. I saw that in a theater in college by myself, like a total <laughs> weirdo, just because I'm such an Emma Thompson fan. 
and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and it was a bunch of children and me and I was just like sitting like this because I love Emma Thompson so much. Um, I don't know why I never saw the other. Okay, now I'm checking. Where is he? Andre Royo. The, the, he's from the Bronx, Julie. Oh, I thought it, maybe I'm maybe I was mixing him up with Idris Elba, but I really thought it was. The I think it's Lester, the guy who plays Lester Freeman, whose name is escaping me. Um, I'm pretty sure he is uh, British. And now I Clark Peters. Yes, I think he is. God, nope, I didn't American know that either. Well. That's no, he's American too. Yeah. <laughs> so see, like I, I, there is more than just Idris Elba on the wire that is a, a British person with an amazing accent, American accent. And not I don't Dominic know West, though. No. The other person. No. 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 All right. One more uh, just not costumes, voice, but it, it came up, costume. so I have to ask about it. Uh, what is the response over there, Emma, speaking of Dominic West, to um, what I actually want to wa- ask about is the note, but um, to Dominic West playing Prince Charles in the next two seasons of The Crown. I mean, I think he's too, like, rakish, it was my response. He's too polished and, like, flirty. You need someone who can do, like, the kind of Josh O'Connor, like, thing where, like, Prince Charles is that, he's, he's kind of wimpy in a way. Like, you know, he's been beaten down by like the role and, and I guess but <laughs> yes. when he's older he still needs to have that kind of like yeah Dominic West is, is too rakish I mean obviously yeah, I... he has experience in a fair work um, <laughs> on screen <laughs> he does and off screen apparently potentially yes um but yeah because Elizabeth Debecky is a great shout for Diana but um yes. yeah no I'm it's the one casting because the crown, I think they've nailed it every time, and this one feels like the one where they've whiffed it. But, but hey, he might be great. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he will. That Maybe it'll be, cool. be a Renee Zellweger situation. Maybe it will. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's iconic. <laughs> All right. Let's let's roll that dice. So uh, (laughs) speaking of iconic, look at that. That totally works. That wasn't even a stretch. Let's talk about the costumes in Bridget Jones's diary. Emma, have you read this book? Yes. Like a very long time ago, though. Mm -hmm. So I, it would probably, my sister is six years older than me. So I assume I probably read her copy Mm -hmm. um, because I was like, mid-teenagers I get when did it come out 95 so it would have been like 13 so probably a little too young to be that interested but I definitely read it um and I feel like there's certain things that like the smug married thing like (laughs) has ruined me talking about my husband to people because I always feel like oh no I'm gonna sound like a smug married and that's like 20 years ago (laughs) yeah ruined it Uh, I am so fascinated by the other movies on this costume designer's filmography. Yeah. Because, wow, it's all over the map. Yeah. Like, she, um, I was reading an interview with her. So it's Rachel Fleming. She uh, basically started doing music videos around the Britpop era. Um, So she did things for, like, Oasis and Blur. So, like, really, like, impressive time to be working in that kind of industry. And then she worked with Robert Carlyle on something. And then he suggested her for train spotting. Hmm. Um, and her Ooh. husband is actually a producer, um, who I assume she must have met him whilst doing train spotting because he is a producer on that. Um, Andrew McDonald. So yeah, like she's basically done a lot of Danny Boyle stuff. Wow. Oh. Cool. Cool. And then she drops off the map a little bit because I think she had children. Um, and then she comes back for Never Let Me Go in 2010, which I love that movie so much. And then she does Terminator 2, and then there's nothing else on there. 
<laughs> she does Good. train spotting too. Yeah. <laughs> Not Terminator 2. Does she do Terminator 2? Oh, t- oh my God. <laughs> and you know what? It's because I've written T2. Uh, <laughs> completely understandable. Nailed it. Yeah, my That's brain great. was like, my brain was doing the timeline on that. I was like, <laughs> time got weird. No, Transpiring 2. I can't, I actually, I've been calling it like Terminator 2 all weekend. Um, and I just did it again. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, now I'm just picturing Renee Zellweger going down that fireman's pole and landing next to a Terminator to do an interview and then going, now back to the studio. <laughs> God, I love that scene. So when you think about the costumes for this movie, is there one that comes to mind sort of immediately? Um, it would be Tarts and Vickers or the Christmas Jumper. Like, mm. definitely those two. Because the Christmas Jumper... Like, she custom built that, whereas now, obviously, Christmas jumpers are, like, everywhere, especially, like, those kind. Um, so there's this kind of theory that this kick-started the Christmas jumper trend. Um, mm-hmm. Allegedly, um, they think, well, not they think, like, people have said that she kick-started the skinny jeans trend because of the original train spotting, which she oh. says that she doesn't believe she did, but I guess it probably, <laughs> that movie is so iconic. Yeah. Listen, if she said she did, then we'd have to be like, well, maybe she didn't. Though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know what? Back off. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird, these two very different cultural touchstones, like, obviously, train spotting and Bridget Jones are worlds apart, literally. Very different. Yeah. Like, but that they both had such cultural penetration in terms of, like, soundtracks, the costumes, like, the characters, and obviously they're both from books. Um, but it is interesting, the kind of link between the two. Mm-hmm. What... Um... What this is a very broad question, but I think is a good place to sort of start this particular deep dive. What is what signifiers exist as like um, when you're looking at a costume design that make you think, wow, this is really working at a super high level? I think especially in contemporary costume design, what, what makes you go, this is next level, this is great? I mean, I think if it if it conveys enough about the character without having to say anything, like we know that. Bridget tries hard because of how she dresses. She doesn't always get it right. She clearly wants to dress on fashion, but like she's meant to be a bit of a mess. So therefore, you know, things are maybe a little bit tighter. Like the whole weight thing is just utter bullshit. Like it's actually aggravating when you're like, she's such a like, like, yeah, her figure is wonderful. Um, And other little things like, so she'll wear the same bra twice. Which is actually just a nice touch because people do that. Um, but it's not like she's kind of obviously got money, but she's not really well off. Mm-hmm. So just like, yeah, little things like that, basically. The class cool. thing really popped out to me this time. And I don't know if it's because I was just watching Miranda and thinking about Miranda's posh parents and then like Miranda trying to make it by herself. And now I can see British Jones that way. Like I never, when I was younger, I never would have thought about her parents being like upper class at all yeah and they are julie did you know we're getting there's a miranda there's an american version of miranda coming oh posh no and by posh um, i mean fuck that (laughs) it's uh it's curious it's it's starting in next month and it's kira sedgwick and it's called call your mother and I had seen ads for it and, of course, didn't think like, oh, look, it's an Americanized version of Miranda, because why would I think that? And then I was reading about it. And I was like, wait, 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 hold on. What? Is Kira Sedgwick, is, is she in it or is she producing it? She's in it. The, as the mom or as Miranda? 
I'm not sure. Let's find out. That's crazy. Call your mother. Anyway. But Emma's um, point to the, the like, she has more money than you think she does, but she doesn't know what to do with it. Like, I, <laughs> that yeah. really stood out to me this time. Yeah. Um, and also her apartment, which in London, I don't even want to think how much that would cost. Ugh, but right? actually, one of the things my husband pointed out was he loved that her bathroom looked like just a kind of crappy 70s style British bathroom. Whereas yeah. like if that was now, they would probably give her like just, it would look really nice. Whereas it actually just looked a bit shit. <laughs> so it was, it was not, that was a nice detail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like aspects like that. I yeah. have dreams about that apartment. I, <laughs> I just mm. love it. I love the off kilter walls. I love the, I love. Oh, the, that it's um, on like an angle. Yeah, yeah, and like there's like like there's not there's nothing boxy about it. It's like, hey, here's a slant, here's a here's a corner. You know what? Here's a corner too. Like <laughs> just like we don't know where these go, but there's a corner. So ha. I liked it. Uh when you're looking at a design like this, um when a costume designer is setting out to create a design like this, I should say, when you're talking about something that's contemporary, or I guess in the Here's a question. Is Bridget <laughs> Jones's Diary the movie set in 1996 or 2001? <sighs> I guess. I don't. Yeah, it feels more 2001 just from. <laughs> well, you sent those photos. Uh, yeah. So there's like a phone. Um, there's a bit where her friend Tom has got out his new Nokia and he's putting it together. Um, and it looked like the um, 3310, which I had. Um, and it was one you could, you could change the case. Oh yeah! Um, and I would say that phone dates it as two thousand one <laughs> from that one specific thing. Well, I think maybe that like makes it even better then because it I wasn't sure and it felt like it could have been either. Like so, I, specifically, I'm thinking about her um, called in sick to work skirt with the black tights and the shoes and the sweater felt very. Like, um, oh, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want to me. Like, like tone yeah. down Spice Girls. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just have them on the brain, though, because when I said the pictures you sent, uh, <laughs> right before we started recording, Emma sent us links to a page of Getty images from the Bridget Jones premiere, and then specifically a photo of Thora Birch attends Bridget Jones premiere with friend, and the friend is Kira Knightley, <laughs> who's like an infant. She's like a fetus. Um, and it was, it's, they're amazing, but it's all like, Renee Zellger is wearing this dress that's black knit, and you can see there's like a band around her breasts and another band where her ass is. Like, and and there's a lot. Hugh Grant is wearing a, a oh white Lord. dress shirt with no, oh, yeah. very obviously no shirt underneath mm-hmm. it, and it like he just has that sweaty. Um, <laughs> I just did it in a limo vibe. Like, there's that's that whole energy. Colin accurate. Firth could be yeah. wearing the exact same thing right now, except for the shoes were wrong. But everybody else, it was like, chokers <laughs> and, and knits and really, Paris Hilton was there and Jerry Hallowell, which is probably why I thought about the Spice Girls. When it you looked at these hilarious. pictures, could you see the cocaine over the top of them? Because <laughs> <laughs> I always love it when you go back to like film before oh man like the 2010s <laughs> and it just looks like especially the 80s just everybody's coated in a fine film of white powder well that's oh. why all the all the photos are hazy <laughs> the yeah. dust in the air yeah i was gonna say nikki hilton as well because i'm 
like doing some research for a different podcast um, that's going to have this fight club element. She's literally dressed like Tyler Durden. Um, she's wearing red leather. She's wearing a, a graphic top. And it's weird that she's kind of dressed like Tyler Durden. That's awesome. <laughs> she's cosplay. Someone told her it was a... Um... It was a Tyler Durden party. It was a fight club party. And so she came dressed up like Tyler Durden and everybody else was just wearing clothes to a premiere. Yeah, everybody else got the message that it was off. So what is it about the the Tarts and Vickers costume that you think makes it one of the more iconic looks from the... And I'm curious for Julie and Janine too. What is it about that one? Because I agree, I think there are like... It's that and the cardigan and the underpants and the Christmas jumper are the things that I think of right away when I think, well, and I guess Renee Zellweger's ass in tights coming down, like uh, that TikTok <laughs> essentially yeah. of her on the fireman's pole. That um, millennial vine. Yeah. So maybe let's talk about those. What is it about that Tarts and Vickers costume, her little Playboy bunny costume that you think is uh, so sort of iconic? Why is that so memorable? Besides the fact that her boobs look amazing. Yes. And, and it's that thing again where like it's the annoying weight conversation where you can tell that um, they've obviously made a slightly too small um, garment. So she does like have that slightly little like muffin toppiness over like near her excellent looking boobs. And like her butt again looks great. Um, but it's that awkward thing when she walks in and she obviously like is feeling herself and but she can't quite walk properly and then she sees everyone and it's that kind of like just the humiliation. But then I, and I love that it brings this conversation with her father and then that kind of like costume element, the fact that he's also not being told or like missed the message. And so it's a great side gag because there's a couple of other people as well. Um, and just of the time, if you think 2001, that would have been like when Girls of the Playboy Mansion was probably starting and there was this kind of whole like being a bunny is like empowering. So it kind of like marries with that kind of like cultural point. The point about her not being able to walk is such a good one because I hadn't, that hadn't registered, I think, top of mind for me. But the second you said it, I could picture it in my head. And it's like um, when you're... When you're in, sorry, Chicago reference, when you're in like Boys Town and you're, and God, now I'm just going to be sad about gay bars. Um, I just miss bars so much. Uh, You're watching someone walk in heels that are way too high for them. Right. Regardless of gender, someone who has not learned to walk in heels, attempting to walk in heels, and it's like they're throwing their (laughs) hips forward to try to avoid having to bend their knees in a way that doesn't work for them. It's like, and she's obviously more graceful than that, but there is a sort of like teeter in her giddy up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A teeter, Mm -hmm. like a, (laughs) yeah. And I mean, I've, I've been there. It's Me too. In a long time. Why do women do that to themselves? Just stop, gals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I love, I love a heel, but my days of anything but a reasonable stack heel are long behind. Stack heels for life now. If I yes. have to. Yes. Also, it would be great as like if I had to if I had to step on a toe. You think the stiletto would be more painful? You would be wrong. Give me those sharp edges. Give me those corners. Yes. <laughs> I um, got these Isabelle Morant, uh, like, fur booty things that Moira Rose has. Um, I got them on consignment over the summer, and I literally cannot walk in them. They're literally the, the best shoes I own that I cannot wear. I'm going to try oh, one no. day. 
When I can drive to somewhere, get out the car, sit down, get back in. That's what I call them car to table shoes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There was one, one specific event that Neil and I dress up event that Neil and I had yearly in Portland. It was like the Jeffs of Portland. And um, one year, sorry, I, that's the their theater, jo- the Joseph Jefferson Awards. I'm Chicago sorry, that's theater another Awards. Chicago ref. <laughs> the um, to- the Tonys of Portland, the Olivier's <laughs> of Portland. But I'm gonna I'm gonna link this to the Tarts and Vickers costume because peep this. I had this dress that had gold lame in it, and I was looking for like gold lame strappy sandal heels. And my friend April, who was uh, much older than me, she was at this point probably in her. 60s she said oh I think I have an old pair let me look and she found this beautiful they were perfect and they were so high and so skinny and I fucking put those motherfuckers on and I went from the taxi cab to the table at the event to the taxi cab to the second location table and then stumbled home it was terrible they hurt so bad but April who let me borrow these shoes was a playboy bunny Oh, damn. That's yes. cool. <laughs> she was fucking smoking hot. I do not know how to explain how hot this woman, even, even now, like even as an older woman, she's just so beautiful. But yeah, she worked in the St. Louis Club for a long time. And I was just like, when Renee Zellweger came out in that, in the bunny outfit, it just bring it for... Me personally, because of my knowledge of this person who had that job and kind of, I think, American, like mid 20th century culture, the bunny outfit is huge. Like it's it's very it's it's like a glaring light and it just makes all sorts of shit light up. Some not good. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And the fact that she was feeling empowered and then was immediately humiliated, I found to be very sad and it hurt. It hurts. Because she was actually feeling good about herself. You know, she was excited. And then, oh boy. But that's definitely the big one for me is the Tarzan Vickers. Yeah. Uh, I thought of one more I want to add to the list. So y'all don't let me forget it. I want to I wanna talk about Hugh Grant in the pond. Um, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, I, was, I looked at a still before we started recording just to sort of refresh my memory. Like I was paging through IMDb photos and I was like, holy shit, I forgot. Good God. Um, okay. So we talked about Tarts and Vickers. Uh, let's talk about the underwear and the cardigan. Yes. Cause also I, iconic. L- I love it. I, it, that costume works so well for me because it seems like exactly as much as you could pull it together to do in a situation in in which there was that much panic. If specifically, if you're Bridget Jones, anybody else would have opted for pants rather than cardigan, right? Anybody else, (laughs) Julie, would you have gone for pants rather than cardigan? I would have gone pants first. Me too. I would have gone pants. What about you? You can grab a coat on the way out as well. That's exactly. That's what like- <laughs> my coats are by my front door. It's just efficient. Well, and she, and her attention was brought to her lower half when she was like, "Oh, I need shoes." Yes, like, that's I right. Like she- <laughs> it's not like she was in a. She like got to that moment. She was like, "I need to cover something." Footwear. Yeah. Yeah. Like- <laughs> I mean, it was snowing. It was, it was snowing. snowing. So there was, I mean, that was a smart, the smarter choice of those two, mm-hmm. but still. She's lucky she didn't slip. <laughs> Running in snow in trainers yeah. is 
perilous. Yes, As a lifelong is. Midwesterner, that's a great way to eat pavement. And I'm going to guess that those shoes were not like brand new. So they were probably a little flat too, or didn't have the traction. Yeah. That was dangerous. Was ta- that was a stunt. It she got a stunt to the, it speaks uh, to the importance of the moment. She, yeah. uh, she was, the, it's the stakes, the stakes are high. She had to run out yeah, in man, shoes that would well. definitely make her slip. So, um, so w- w- is there anything in particular about that one, um, Emma, that you think is particularly smart um, or thoughtful? I'm all, I'm just delighted that it's a normal pair of underwear and that it's not a cute pair of underwear. That's my thing. It looks like laundry day. Yes. Yeah. And, and again, the, the cardigan, like she's kind of worn just these very plain cardigans like throughout the, the movie. And I think everyone's just got those like ones and movies don't always think, oh, a cardigan. Well, I'm just going to have this like little gray number. Um, it's normally something way more kind of bold or like luxurious and it just looks pretty regular. And I think that's what makes it a good costume is the normalcy to it. Mm-hmm. Um, great. So we talked about underpants and then we were going to do the Christmas jumper. Okay. So yesterday, uh, Emma listeners yesterday, Emma sent me, um, uh, a Twitter DM that was a photo of Colin Firth wearing a Christmas jumper and another still of what the Paul, what's his name? Mescal uh, from Nor- normal people. Yeah. Um, on Hulu, my God, I need to drink this coffee faster. Um, <laughs> which is a really great Hulu series that came out this year. Uh, wearing the same one, and I got so excited. And now it turns out that that sweater is from Bridget Jones too. But the point stands; it is an iconic movie moment. Um, so did 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 we really kickstart ugly Christmas sweaters as a trend in Bridget Jones? I think potentially. I don't remember people ever wearing them beforehand um definitely not in any of my circles uh. <laughs> yeah i don't and remember I don't even... oh i'm sorry no no i was, I was just saying it doesn't even feel like it took off straight away like it feels like it took a little bit and then people were like oh yeah it's because of colin firth right and so it's like a strange one hmm. i i 100 agree about that like stretch of time like middle like i only remember actual parties having ugly sweaters in them invites in them for like the last five years hmm. and that could be anniversary as well because i guess it would have been the 15th anniversary in what 2016 yeah. so that kind of might line up and my company the london office is the one that really gets into it so i wonder <laughs> if it really is like it started there and went around but yeah i, I don't remember is- parties like that for very long, like having mm-hmm. it does feel there. like culturally normalized because as I was watching, because this was my first time watching Bridget Jones Diary, and so like I see this moment, and there's obviously a reaction to him wearing this Rudolph jumper, so and I'm cute. just like, and I'm just like, that's cute. What's going on? Why are you why are you judging him? What's happening right now? I couldn't understand it because for me, this is that's the thing. You wear silly sweaters sometimes, especially around holidays. Mm-hmm. I just like that obviously from the back, it just looks like a normal sweater. And this is true of many an ugly Christmas sweater. Um, like party in the front business in the back. Um, but because Colin Firth is Colin Firth, you know, he has these broad shoulders and you see this when you're like, Oh, that, what here's somebody who's got it all together. That looks like cashmere. Ooh, I want to touch it. And then he turns around and you're like, ah, nope, nope, nope. He got that at a Walgreens. On December 26th of last year. That's where he got that sweater. 
<laughs> it's great. It's really. I was gonna say her her costume in that thing where obviously it's like an outfit her mom's laid out looks like something Gucci would do now. And I was I'm into I I love Paisley. It looks like something Harry Styles would wear. And it does. so it's weird to see something that's like considered like really awful, but now we're like, nah, she that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's not a great color on her. No. But the but texture, the fabric, and like it, the it's color. It's cool, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's it. the texture and the color palette are like straight from Julie's mood board. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> you want a couch that looks exactly like that. That kind of burgundy is my power color. Well, I and mean, the but like the 70s vibe. The oh, like yeah. And the pointy color. Velveteen. For, yeah. for life. That's Yeah, that's my jam too. Like mm-hmm. out of all her looks, I was like, that's probably the one I would wear. <laughs> it's cool. It's good. It's good. Okay, uh, so we did those three, and then there was another one, and then Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant in the, the water. Box. No, there was one more. What the oh, fuck was it? The it black was, dress? Oh, the black dress. Yes. Was it the black dress? We oh, should talk about I'm, the black dress. Or her mini skirt? Oh, let's do both of those, because they're okay. important. Obviously, the skirt is an actual plot point. <laughs> So, um, so let's, let's start there. First of all, I would still wear that skirt. I love like a stretchy Lycra, like you put a rubber band around your ass and call it a day on a hot summer day. That's my favorite. I just like, I just want, I want my legs to be able to breathe. Um, black tights, iconic, honestly. Um, even if it does seem a little bit weird that she would wear that skirt to the office. Yeah. Uh, I, but but I mean publishing. I don't know. And then there's the the low key, or I guess it's not even low key, the overt sexual harassment, which is weird because she calls it out, but viewing it like now, it feels extra skeezy. Yes, yes. extra, extra. Like, and it's like ha ha ha, and you're like, no, nah, really. <laughs> It's like don't it, uh, it's because it's on MSN. I'm I'm like triggered because it's on MSN because I'm like there were so many bugs and hackers and scams on MSN Messenger. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so worried for her. She's gonna get a message from Daniel Cleaver that's like, I need your help. I have a friend in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> He's a it's prince. Like, oh. um, Just send me your social security number or whatever. You know, maybe the best way to talk about the skirt is is in the um, escalation of hostilities when she wears that truly hideous, <laughs> sheer, band-aid-colored monstrosity it, it, over that bra. It does yes. not fit her. It is weird, but I think it's mm. genius costuming, because you're right, she wants to be on fashion, but she just misses. It's, and, and sheer obviously was like the thing in 2000, 2001, like as we see from the premiere with, mm-hmm. and I, Kira, Kira Knightley's uh, outfit at the premiere, she's, looks, she, you know, she's 15, she's like going for it, but like she is literally wearing a, a, an underwear, like negligee teddy over a bra with leather pants. And it's like, <laughs> and, and she's about to turn 16. So it's, it's weird and like, but also not at the same time. Um, but yeah, like for that age, you would be like, this is what I'm going to wear. Uh, but then, so the, the sheer thing, I, so yeah, she is trying to be like fashionable in the movie, but it's, it's a bit of a miss because the color is disgusting. It's very like um, early Britney, but, yes. but n- not right. Like, yeah. because the color is all, the color is what does it for me. <laughs> the color is so bad. It made me think of, he's making himself a woman suit. <laughs> oh no! 
Like it did because the color is so close to her own skin, but it pops above her skin and it's all kind of like, oh, oh God, oh. it was bad. Yeah. It's that bad. means it's good. It's good costuming. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So if that's what Bridget wears to the office, then let's talk about what she wears to a work party with that black dress, which also feels very of that exact moment, but in a much more um, timeless kind of fashion it's got that if memory now, now i should pull up a photo um it's like a sort of balconette situation mm-hmm. yeah with the little cups peeking out there we go i've got it i could picture like kate winslet wearing this dress yes. at that time at premiere like definitely she looks good she bridget you look good you deserve better you should demand more of the men in your life bridget um, oh, the fireman's pole. Okay, so ne- that's what I want to talk about. So I'm looking at that right, I'm looking at still from it right now. And it is like, um, oh, God, is that chenille? Uh, je- oh, here, I'm going to drop a link in the chat just so everybody can see it. I know y'all can't see our chat. So I'm sorry, listeners, but I will share, I'll put uh, I'll put some photos together. We'll do, Maybe we'll do another slideshow like Kina did. Look at that. Y'all click on that. Uh, what the, okay, a look. so... <laughs> Uh, just I all I was thinking of was the tights, <laughs> but really it's all stunners. So it's like a like a sweater or coat what that looks like it's look. maybe chenille, and then a bright orange, absolutely would set fire skirt, heavier skirt, and black tights, and then shiny vinyl black boots. Like those are like super calf height boots, right boots now. with yeah. a small wedge heel. Yeah, totally superhero boots. It I can see her landing and doing a superhero pose. It <laughs> is, it is, it is truly hideous. It is really bad. With the fireman's helmet on her head and those eyes. Weirdly, that That's jacket so though, the way it's nipped in at her waist, does recall some kind of like older costume though, right? Like yeah. the top part of a older dress from like the 1800s, weirdly. Oh, maybe. <laughs> you know, that was, Julie, that's a good point, because this is something else that I wanted to ask you about, Emma. Do you see at any point in this costume design anywhere where there are uh, references to um, the Regency era or to Pride and Prejudice? Because I was looking and I didn't see any, but I am nowhere near as... Um, I uh, didn't really see anything either. All the links to which is weird actually watching the movie having seen Pride and Prejudice for the first time uh recently I was like oh yeah this is really similar (laughs) um but only in terms of like character stuff so like him like obviously being mean about her Mm -hmm. like within earshot after they first meet like thing and like her parents that kind of like relationship feels very much like the Bennett's uh relationship so it's more those kind of threads rather than costume threads right Hmm. Um, so, uh, we talk about the ugly fireman's pole and then, uh, Hugh Grant and the pond. <sighs> Hold on. <laughs> Let me grab my bonnet and fan myself. God, where's my, I need to thwart. You really Look, I never thwart. thought Hugh Grant yeah. was hot, but he is smoking hot in that moment in a way that is so fun. It's so great to contrast it against Colin Firth in the miniseries because Colin Firth is like the perfect, like the hero. And then you got the dirty guy that you just really, (laughs) really want to give a go. You just got to give it a go. The detail that does it for me, and it's not a costume detail, but the detail that does it for me is still holding the cigarette in the mouth. Yes, the crushed cigarette. In the teeth. It's it's the teeth. It's like... It's not even just hanging, it's literally in his teeth. Yeah. He's just like, I've committed to this thing, I'm not letting it go. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's so hot. And his entrance in 
the movie when the elevator doors open and he walks out, also very hot. But God damn, there's something very like like heroin chic about it. Like there was something about it. I was like, Kate Moss. And it doesn't look anything like Kate Moss, but that was the whole vibe. And all of a sudden, (laughs) oh my God, holy crap. (laughs) You know, when you watch the, when we get there, when we watch uh, Emma Thompson's Sense and Sensibility, um, noted nemesis of Andrew Davies, um, (laughs) when we watch Emma Thompson's Sense and Sensibility, Hugh Grant, who is also in that, spoiler alert, at no point am I like, he could get it. No, no. <laughs> Alan Rickman can get it. Uh, yes. Mr. Emma Thompson, what's his name? Greg, Greg. I want to know who you mean. Greg yeah. Wise, is that his name? Maybe? Maybe? Am I confusing Slings and Arrows and Sense and Sensibility right now? I might be. Anyway, uh, he can get it. Hugh Grant in that movie cannot get it. He cannot. It is one of the only, he's v- very charming, but it is one of the movie's primary flaws that I just Mm-mm. No, I don't. I don't get it. It's maybe the only flaw. Maybe this is why Andrew Davies has such an issue. Um, but here, holy crap! Just but when you okay, so I'm trying to formulate my um, uh, my raging hormones into a question. Um, when in your experience talking to costume designers, when there's a costume where its intended purpose is to sort of change right if it's like a dress that someone wears and then they fall into the mud or it's in this case something that's designed to be dry and then wet um or if it shrinks or if it whatever if somehow the state of the clothes change um how does that affect the choices that designers make how does that like very why that shirt i guess I mean, I guess they would have probably tried a lot of different options. That's that seems to be like when you ask a question like that, it's normally trial and error. Um, that they will go for like a million different things. What have I? I know. I'm. Th- I'm just thinking about them making Hugh Grant or a body double oh. just put on a shirt and then hose him down and be like, no. And like, how long did it take? Totally. Julie and I had that exact same. So thought, did the I. Exact same. <laughs> It would be like I'm not even kidding. It would. It probably wouldn't have been the actor. It wouldn't have been Hugh Grant. It would be like they would get maybe the an assistant to do something like that. Yeah, can you imagine like, that day? Hey, so uh, get me coffee and then also bring a towel because um, we have don't we ask have questions. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all trial and error. It's, it's that that seems to be the way. Like they'll have an idea, so they'll know that they wanted like a short sleeve shirt. Um, and they probably would have known kind of color, but they would literally just try out different ones to see how it looks wet and clinging to a ripped <laughs> chest. Dude, a ripped hairless chest. <laughs> not, so it's perfect, not my though. thing at all ever. Usually it's not my thing, but oh my God. Whew. So good. And he just, oh you know, the other, God, I promise y'all I'm fine. It's nine 46 <laughs> in the morning. I have, I apparently I'm just getting carried away. The, the other thing about it, about Hugh Grant in this movie, is just that he knows that he's that hot. He does. You watch Hugh Grant in other things, and you're like, you smug. You know you're adorable, you wry fox. And here you're like, oh, okay. Got it. You're human garbage, but you hit it once. Because how the could you The moment he not? fell into that lake, he was like, I know what you need. My profile. God, I love oh. Keats. And you're like, oh, my God. There's the sun. That shall I reflect on you? <laughs> Yes, God. His hair as well at this point is like peak, like Hugh Grant. And then you notice at the premiere, he's cut up. 
Like, he was probably like, I'm done. (laughs) At the premiere, it's like, sure. And you're like, oh, you've lost some magic. (laughs) Just a little. Yeah. It's like Mm. when, God, because apparently today's a day that we talk about David Tennant a lot, which when is it? What day is it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's like when David Tennant went back on Doctor Who for the big anniversary special and they couldn't get his hair right. And it frankly ruined the experience for me. It's like, it's like sticky uppy. But it's not yeah. the right kind of sticky uppy. It's a crying shame. Yeah. It's yeah, because yeah. Hugh had that real mane. Like it looked like a mane, like up and back. Fucking yeah, it worked. It well, and you worked. somebody at some point was like tiny curling iron getting just the right wave in the front, right? Mm-hmm. Like t- just uh and then and then that hair got all wet. Just <laughs> that oh, shirt man. the shirt is the hero. The sh- it's the shirt, the, clean- the shirt and the cigarette. Yes, but the the also the short sleeves. Am I wrong that it's folded up so you get a band around the actual yeah. gun? Woof! <laughs> That's like the equivalent of kind of a garter belt in my mind. Like men love to see a woman in a garter belt, and this thing, like an arm shoulder thing. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of good choices and time. Everything just kind of came together. Yeah, it was moment, a perfect you know? moment. Very perfect moment. Yeah. Uh, I imagine uh, Hugh Grant has that still on his wall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or somewhere it's nearby. Yeah, yeah. You, If you look on Twitter, it's currently his profile picture. <laughs> it should be. I hope his profile That's picture what... is a still from Paddington 2. Um, listen, if I had something like that, I would put it on my dating profile and be like, listen, this is tw- 30 years old. Fuck you. <laughs> I looked great. I'm not this changing it. This is not catfishing. It. This is just a reminder of the kind of energy I have. <laughs> This is what's inside me. Come on. God, good. You know you want it. Um, oh, man. You dirty bitch. Whatever he says about <laughs> the paddling pool, you dirty bitch. And you're like, yes, yes, please. Um, all right. Uh, Julian, who's Aaron? Julian Janine, yeah. are there specific mm. costume moments that you want to pick Emma's brain about? No is fine. I think the um, the final one, we already talked about her costume, but we didn't talk about Darcy's costume, that great oh. big coat. That he like, wraps around her. Right. Oh. Doesn't that, is that, didn't actually, it feel like that's too big? Yeah. And that one might actually be the one slight tie, I guess, to the Pride and Prejudice like costumes. Obviously, he has his big coats and that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's probably the one that I would say. Um, one other thing, my because when I was like said to my husband, I was like, "Oh, what are your thoughts about this?" I was, he was like, "I really liked his barrister of his like suit." He was yes. like, "They got that." He was like, "They got it right because barristers wear like specific collars that they have to like they take on and off." Because um, we have a friend who's like turned up to the pub before without his on, and he moans about how expensive those shirts are. Um, <laughs> and yeah, though he 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 likes specifics when they're like accurate. <laughs> so that was. Uh, <laughs> Like his thought on that. I wish that we would institute that as a rule here. Uh, well, for our lawyers. Lawyers, yes. you have to wear this. I feel like if if lawyers are going to be as smug as they are and as rich as many of them are, they should have to wear a silly yes. costume. Right. You Can know. you imagine Rudy recently <laughs> having to do it 
in the wig. Oh and my he's God. got the he's... expensive collar on and his hair dye is just running straight down. <laughs> it's like, it's also like getting caught in the curls in the back and like, just like, Ew. oh my God. Standing Ew. in front of Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Oh my God. Amazing. Yeah, we should, I mean, we really should dress them up like clowns so when they act like clowns, we can yes. be like, look at you. Like, apologies to the, ex- I'm sure, extremely responsible, thoughtful, ethical lawyers listening to the podcast. You, of course, would get a silly costume um, exemption unless you want one. Unless you want to wear one. Everybody else has to wear one, though. Uh, Janine, what about you? Any costume moments you want to ask about? No, nah, because, uh, frankly, I'm um, I'm usually pretty um, pretty obtuse about, like, costumes. So, like, I just like listening in, like, what's actually popping up to people. Because Hugh Grant is really what pops out for me. <laughs> I feel like I'm um, learning more and more about where exactly you fit on the Kinsey scale through this project. I mean, Janine. I'm you know, I'm 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 not at one extreme end, that's for sure. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, but like, no, I don't really. I mean, everything Bridget Jones wore, I was always into. I mean, even the god awful uh, skin suit. Like, I was like, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say actually one thing where I realized like it impacted my own life. Um, the shapewear, I feel like I definitely got shapewear maybe after reading the book. Um, and just, it really does capture the awkwardness of shapewear. And mm-hmm. I think it might've been one of the, if it wasn't the first, it would have been like the first major thing to kind of show like kind of that side of trying to look good. Yeah. And how you have to like do all these stupid, like extra things um, that aren't sexy when you kind of, Show them. <laughs> she had an um, crazy ex girlfriend owes this movie a yes. huge debt because yeah, the sexy getting say. ready song. That whole sequence when she's like fucking trying to wax herself standing up in the tub. That is so dangerous, girl. You are a die ass blood. <laughs> Oh my God. Yes. Uh, definitely Bridget Jones's diary walked so that crazy ex-girlfriend could run. Um, it's really good. Uh, Emma, are there costumes or moments that we haven't asked you about besides how your husband feels about the movie, which I also want to know. Are there, um, moments that we haven't asked you about that you think, wow, that's really a thing we should talk about? Um, there's a lot of great turtlenecks. Yes. Great turtlenecks. Okay. The, Listen, the evolution of the turtleneck. I, Janine, I know that we are almost out of time. I promise I am aware. Um, the evolution of the turtleneck. Uh, why is it that so, it seems like the conversation in cultural consciousness around turtlenecks is either, ew, turtlenecks, or wow, I love a man in a turtleneck, and there's no in between. That's true. Is that yeah. is that a trend or is it just that the turtleneck dep- the success of the turtleneck depends on the wearer of the turtleneck? I think it depends on the one. I think it depends. I mean, I think when I was younger, I probably was like, like that's not great. But now, like turtlenecks are definitely like up there for me as a hot garment, both on men and women. I think more so even on women. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just yeah. like you put a woman in a black turtleneck, black like trousers, like skinny, like cigarette trousers, like just perfect yeah like yeah. it's just a classic look yeah very funny face yes um or a very uh what is that beyonce song countdown the, mm. the funny face inspired yeah. music video um yeah it's a great look and i think i think it's one of those ubiquitous items that you maybe think are really kind of like just awkward but actually they're not Oh, yeah. It's a good winter. It's a it's a good winter look. 
<laughs> Great. Is there anything else yeah, we are skipping than, I mean, not costume, but the soundtrack is full of bangers. Uh, <laughs> yes, oh, actually, the pajamas, because that's obviously a soundtrack costume hybrid moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think the, the soundtrack does feel like, you know, the Shaka Khan, the Jerry Halliwell cover of It's Raining Man, I could do with the original, personally. <laughs> Um, but I guess it was 2001, so they were like, throw her bone. Um, but yeah, like the soundtrack is great. The photos of the two of them being such pals at the premiere are just (laughs) hilarious. Uh, and maybe they really are such pals, but there's some, there's just something about it. It really makes me laugh. There's an energy mismatch there that I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, cool. I'm glad you have. This is good. You should have extended. Definitely, they're fingers. both their publicists were like, "Okay, stand together." Now la- you're laughing. You're laughing. You're laughing. <laughs> All friends together. It's definitely what happened. Um, so how, uh, Emma? You said your husband, who is a big fan of rom coms, had somehow yes. never seen this one. Yeah. So I, I, I mini interviewed him. This Great. I was like, and I was like, when it came out, I was like, why didn't you watch it? And he explained that it was just after um, he'd been dumped by his like long-time girlfriend and he was feeling not in that a very I guess rom-com frame of mind um and then I guess just since he'd just never seen it uh and then his impressions we have this thing I guess in our comedies the class thing um he didn't love that it was so specifically like the upper middle class like Cambridge Oxford lot um, with the classic, you've got the fuck up woman, and then you've got the aloof, cold bitch who's really successful um, as the other love interest. Um, so yeah, he didn't love that, um, but he did enjoy the Tarts and Biggest Party because he is Catholic and he enjoyed uh, <laughs> some of the sight gags. <laughs> so yeah, he he didn't love it, but uh, he he felt thought it was like an interesting uh, time capsule of two thousand one. Can you tell me about where Tarts and Vickers parties come from? Do you know anything um, about the origin of is that? Is that still a thing? Like- I don't think it is still a thing. I would have to have a look, but I don't know where it came from. And I've never been to one or been invited to one. So it feels like something like of its time, maybe. Yeah. Like they died out quite horrifically, I guess. Good. It feels like, <laughs> it feels like an 80s thing. <laughs> like if I yes. had to guess, like it's strong 80s vibes. Um because mm-hmm. it's such a yeah, like tarts, like why so, oh, the women, the women dress up like slutty, and the men get to just wear like a black shirt a, with a caftan. Uh, they yeah. get to be comfortable. Yeah, <laughs> there's this moment in the book where um, Daniel is trying to help Bridget decide what costume she's going to wear, and she was leaning towards a hybrid tart and vicar costume, where she's <laughs> like. So and I was like, why didn't you do that? I, I mean, I know why. It's because they need you need to have mean Natasha, who's also Miss Honey, say something shitty to you. That is why. So that then later uh, Colin Firth can be like, oh, well, you're the only person I know who would wear a bunny tail on your pants. Like, I understand why it is that it happened. But man, I want to see Renee Zellweger with like the collar and may, <laughs> yeah. like maybe a rosary and then like thigh high boots. Like, I want that. I feel robbed i and it just occurred to me like um so our new year's eve parties uh which sadly obviously is not happening this year we always go everyone the theme is you have to go something from the year so something tv news whatever where and so last year we went as fleabag and the hot priest so that's kind of like the new version of tarts and bickers but it's like just way cooler (laughs) 
like, uh, so, yeah. do you own so. the Fleabag jumpsuit? No, I, I weirdly had already owned like an approximation of a similar style um, that I got from Uniqlo and I almost bought the real one and then I realized that I have much bigger boobs than Phoebe Waller-Bridge and that it would be an uncomfortable uh, tape situation. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why am I doing this? I, you already own something similar. So. Friend of the show, Scotty Caldwell, uh, also bought the actual Fleabag jumpsuit. Before seeing Fleabag, just, she saw a photo and was like, I feel like that would look good on me. Yes. Yes, it would. <laughs> it was really affordable as well. It was yeah. like 50 mm-hmm. pounds or something like that. It was totally. really like, yeah, not expensive. But she's got much bigger boobs than Phoebe Waller-Bridge as well. And it, it's a, it, it, there's a lot of engineering that goes into Scotty being able to wear that <laughs> jumpsuit in public. I'm sure maybe we'll, the next time she's on, we'll have to ask her about her, um, her routine to make this possible. Um, Okay, well, I think that that's gonna do it. Am I am I forgetting anything? Anybody, Emma? Anything else you want to talk about? No, the only thing else I, I read an interview with uh, Renee Zellweger from two thousand one. So when the it was like in the Guardian, it was the day after the premiere, and it was the chat about her like weights um, oh. kind of took up a lot of space, and it was like, and she's obviously had to like deal with that like ever since. Uh, and there was like a story within it that she'd shot a thing for Harper's Bazaar and allegedly Harper's Bazaar had pulled the cover because she looked too fat um so I don't know how much truth there is in that but I kind of googled that and then um one of the headlines I saw was that she was too portly um and it was just like how what the actual fuck and it just made me so angry and it made me so mad that they're still talking about it to her now um and it's just and I hate that we even have to have this conversation and that that was considered extreme. And like the, the quote I have from the person who interviewed her talking about the uh, shapewear scene was she looks real fleshy, female, sexy as hell, which she does, but she also isn't particularly like, it's not an extreme and it shouldn't be treated as an extreme and our bodies are beautiful, whatever. And fuck. agreed the thing that makes me mad about this and again I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said a zillion times but is that when we talk about someone like Christian Bale putting on weight or losing weight from a movie role it's like wow he hacks his body isn't that wild look at that crazy transformation he'll do so much for a role (laughs) and then if a woman gains or loses weight for a role it's like oh well has it changed your relationship to food did you feel less desirable (laughs) it's like shut up Jesus Christ oh it makes me mad yeah so that was it's just a real like bummer (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't want to end this on a bummer either it was just like one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about because yeah it was just like I feel like it's got a little better as well, like, just a smidge. Like, the fact that they'll put people, like, you know, Lizzo will be on the cover of a magazine and it'll be her whole body rather than her face, um, which Mm -hmm. before they would literally just do the beauty shot. Um, But obviously she got backlash last week because she's doing some cleanse. um, And, yeah, it's just the policing of women's bodies is fucking frustrating. Yeah. Lizzo is allowed to do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah. 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 Leave her alone. She doesn't know you shit. She's... Yep. She's yeah. a badass bitch. Yeah, you can fucking back off. <laughs> yeah. Also, you can't say like, oh my God, Adele looks amazing, and then be pissed Yeah. when Lizzo chooses to do anything. She can do whatever she wants. Yeah. She's fucking Lizzo. Good God. Leave it. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Emma, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Um, joining us at 
3 p.m. on a Sunday while we are at 9 a.m. on a Sunday. Um, it's great. I just time zones. It's amazing. Um, uh, we want to thank, obviously, Emma for being here, uh, but also uh, all of you for listening. If you want to hear more, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podlandercast, on Twitter at podlandercast, on Patreon, where you can join our bustling Slack channel, um, get access to crowdcast sessions, bonus episodes, uh, including one that Julie and I just recorded on the Bridget Jones's Diary, the book. I'm sorry, Bridget Jones's Diary, the book. The book. Um, <laughs> Uh, and Janine's Corner. Um, Janine just bought a very important prop for the new and improved version of Janine's Corner. Um, it's just going to get more and more eccentric. I'm, I love I'm it. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, at patreon.com slash podlanderdrunkcast. Before I read the long list of uh, supporters, I want to real quick give Emma a chance to plug anything she wants to plug. Emma, where can folks find you on social media? And is there anything of yours that they should seek out at the moment? Uh, you can find me at Frasbelina um, on both Twitter and Instagram. Um I just started writing a lot more for uh, this site called Watch Watch. Uh, my Wonder Woman uh, reviews up there. Uh, a movie that I really liked, but also has a lot of issues. Um, mm. That's all I will say. Um, it's it's definitely worth watching. And Chris Pine is very pretty. Oh. Um, <laughs> he really is. Best Chris? Is he? Is it for- oh, 100%. He is, he is my best Chris. I think he's um, my best Chris, too. Like, Hemsworth and, and Evans are great. Both awesome. Messina, I would obviously put up there. The other one I won't mention because I will get yelled at by various MCU stars um, for (laughs) besmirching his name, apparently. Um, But yeah, no, Pine is definitely the number one. Yeah. And he somehow avoided the Imagine video, even though every other cast member (laughs) didn't. And I just imagine him being like, just seeing the message and being like, nope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm but yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, just uh, my Twitter is normally where I post things. Um, I've got some stuff coming out soon. So yeah, real Keep quick, like five word Wonder Woman costumes review. I don't know if I can do five. Um, A couple words, some words. Okay. Um, literally, I would wear everything Gal Gadot wears, and that, well, other than the Wonder Woman costume, like the high waisted pants that she wears. Um, the <sighs> Chris Pine montage, which is in the trailer, but a tiny snippet of what is in the movie. Um, and Kristen Wiig has the best day to night, night to day transformation at one point. Great. So yeah. Awesome. awesome. Can't wait. Uh, yeah. So that is Emma. Please seek her out. Would love Emma for you to come back and talk to us about some other yes. thing sometime. Me too. Uh, certainly uh, Emma Thompson's Sense and Sensibility. Which I've never seen. Really? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what? Oh, see, this is great. This is great. I'm so happy. That one, you know what, Emma? We might have to schedule when we watch that one. We might have to schedule it to watch it at a time where we sure. can watch it together. Like we might have to end up watching that one, y'all. I'm speaking to my American counterparts at like <laughs> 7 a.m. specifically so that Emma can join us because man, that is great news. I would love to. Oh, Alan Rickman, Emma, you are not prepared. You are not prepared. I'm excited. <laughs> um, so thank you to Emma and also to all of our patrons, but especially the following folks, Julia Guglia, Kathleen Martini, Kelsey Kemp, Madison Johnson, Emily Day, Betsy English, Caitlin Reddick, Ashley Tegason, the other Janine, Kristen Freckled Fury, Liz and Tinkerbell. Here, one more time. For 
just for my friends. Picture of Tinkerbell. Um, oh, the hat. Tinkerbell, the mini horse, uh, Stella Welch, Chrissy Shively, Denise Perkins, Kayla Reagan, Rachel Luzon, Rochelle Lefevre, Amanda Smizaza, Heather Robbins, Brittany Holbert, Emily Carlson, Amy Gustafson, Rachel Townsend, Steph Peterson, Kelly Mazella, Maria Chantel Salters, Mary the Falling Statue, Philip Nocco, Tara Lucchino, Viv Pickles, a.k.a. Laura, Mary of the Grapefruit, Jenna Polkowski, Ann Gibson, Ruth McCormick, Katie Kirshner, Kara Marlowe, Trish McCrary, Jen Linder Drunkling, Kelly Bodden, Amanda Newton, and Kiki the, the Wise. wise. Uh, we will be back next week with our wrap-up episode on Bridget Jones's Diary, uh, which is also us talking about um, specifically Wickham and Darcy as tropes in rom-coms with my very dear friend and rom-com expert, Caroline Sita. So look for that. Uh, and I have no idea when this is publishing in time. So maybe Happy New Year or maybe <laughs> Happy New Year soon. Maybe who knows? Ten thousand. I don't. Re- now, I we'll can't. See. I don't have the calendar up in front of me. I don't know what's going on. Wherever right you are, I hope that it's good. <laughs> I got nothing. Bye. I don't know. Bye. 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 Bye.